Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ in the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospel in ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate Christ the King Sunday, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on the right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer and say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink, a stranger, and you gave me no welcome, naked, and you gave me no clothing, ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked, or ill or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This Sunday is a very special day as far as the liturgical year is concerned. It's the final Sunday of the liturgical year. Next week, believe it or not, we move into Advent, which marks the start of a new liturgical year. The official name for this Sunday celebration is the Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. That's kind of a long name. It's more commonly known as Christ the King Sunday. Since we're at the end of the liturgical year, the Church Inner Wisdom calls on us to reflect today on the Second Coming of Christ the final judgment, the end times. This is the Sunday where we consider the fact that Christ will return as our king when the world ends, and as we hear in today's gospel, he'll stand in judgment of all of us. Today's gospel comes to us from the 25th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew. It's near the end of the gospel story, and it's one of the final lessons that Jesus teaches prior to his passion, death, and resurrection. When he speaks about the final judgment, it is, quite frankly, a little bit scary. Jesus, the King of the universe, will come and separate us all into those who are destined for eternal life and those who are destined for eternal punishment. This isn't necessarily a reading that gives everyone comfort. In fact, it probably should stir up a bit of healthy concern in all of us about our own faith. To some, this reading may seem a bit harsh. We live in a society that wants to tell us that everybody is okay, that there are no absolutes, that your definition of right or wrong is no better or worse than the church's definition of right or wrong. And thus, everyone should go to heaven. But that, I'm afraid, is erroneous thinking. Jesus speaks more about hell than any other person in the Bible, and when he does, it's not pretty. 
And yet, this idea that everyone goes to heaven is often preached, often preached as part of the so-called gospel of prosperity, which is so popular today. I believe that it's well-intended, but it's a very dangerous way of gambling with someone's eternity. Those who preach this message are putting their own destiny in jeopardy, since they are misleading others who look to them for biblical truths. Jesus makes it very clear throughout the Gospels that there is good and that there is bad, that there is right and that there is wrong. And he makes it very clear in today's Gospel passage that there are expectations of us while we live. Some look at what he says today and they act on it directly. They seek out people who are hungry and thirsty and so on, and they provide for their needs. This is wonderful. In fact, it's something to be admired. There's a certain sense of peace that comes with directly helping those in need. And anyone who has done it can relate to what I'm saying. Some of my most blessed opportunities as a deacon have been in feeding the poor and visiting those who are in prison. But at the same time, we have to be realistic about the fact that this would be difficult for many of us to do. We don't meet a lot of people who are hungry or thirsty or are looking for clothing. And here in the United States, we have government programs to help those who are. Most of us have never been inside of a prison, and we're taught from the time we're young not to talk to strangers. So, how should we look at today's gospel in light of our modern-day circumstances? Fortunately, there are people much wiser than I who tell us what we need to do, and that is to look beneath the surface of what Jesus says to really live out what he's asking of us. Consider, if you will, this quote from St. Mother Teresa. Quote, In order to help us deserve heaven, Christ set a condition, that at the moment of our death, you and I, However we may have been and wherever we may have lived, Christians and non-Christians alike, every human being who has been created by the loving hand of God in his own image shall stand in his presence and be judged according to what we have been for the poor and what we have done for them. Christ said, I was hungry and you gave me food. He was hungry not only for bread, but for the understanding love of being loved, of being known, of being someone to someone. He was naked not only of clothing, but of human dignity and of respect through the injustice that is done to the poor, who are looked down upon simply because they are poor. He was dispossessed not only of a house made of bricks, but because of the dispossession of those who are locked up, of those who are unwanted and unloved, of those who walk through the world with no one to care for them. Do we go out to meet those? Do we know them? Do we try to find them? End quote. Despite her incredible ministry to the poorest of the poor in Calcutta, Mother Teresa understood that Christ's message to us goes beyond the basic necessities that even she herself so lovingly provided. We need to consider not only those in need physically, but also those in need emotionally and spiritually. And where do we find such people? Well, we find them everywhere, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, sometimes in our own families. And quite often we find them at work. We're surrounded by people at work who need our help to get through life, sometimes just to get through a tough day. But all too often, even we who are called Christians struggle to reach out to them. Pope Francis has repeatedly told us during his pontificate that we must reach out to those in need wherever they may be. He continually reminds us that we're called by our baptism to go beyond the four walls of our churches and to be the light of Christ everywhere we go. And that most certainly includes the workplace, where we spend large amounts of our time and where we are in close contact with many people who are struggling. Consider that as we move into the holiday stretch that runs from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's Eve, many of us are excited about the time we'll spend with family and friends, celebrating and reconnecting. But for some, this is a time of great pain and loss. Perhaps they come from a dysfunctional family that doesn't speak to one another, and the holidays are nothing but an experience of loneliness. Perhaps they've lost a spouse or a child, and the holidays bring nothing but painful reminders of what once was. All around us at work are just such people, 
but we often ignore their needs, even though we can clearly see the hurt in their eyes when they come to work. Those of us who are Catholic, we have the great gift of the Eucharist. It's a gift of incomparable value because we're able to meet Jesus at Mass every time and be nourished by his body and blood. But we must always remember that the aisle that we walk up to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ leads in one direction to the altar, but in the other direction to the doors of the church, where we're called upon to bring Christ to those outside of the building, especially those who are in need. I like to say that faith is a verb. It calls us to action. To come to Mass each week is it's a wonderful thing to do. It nourishes us and it feeds us. But for what are we nourished? To just get through another week and then come back again? Or to give us the energy and the courage to share Christ with those who desperately need him in their lives? All of us have opportunity in our workplaces to feed those who are hungry for love and compassion, to refresh those who are thirsty for someone to take notice of their pain and give them consolation, to befriend those who are strangers to our cliques and our social groups, to clothe those who feel naked and exposed because of age or discrimination, to bring comfort to those who are struggling to find Christ in this crazy secular world, and to visit those who are locked in the prisons created for them by situations that remove them from the mainstream of life. These opportunities are found everywhere in our workplaces, where we interact with many broken people who need to see the love of Christ in us and in our actions. Today we're called to step outside of our comfort zone, to live as Christians in the secular world that exists outside of the church, and to bring Christ to those who really need him. Christ is the head of the church, but we are the body. We are the arms and legs that must do the work here on earth until he comes again. And when he comes again, our gospel passage tells us that those who have done this work will find themselves separated to his right, where they will be rewarded with eternal life. On this Christ the King Sunday, we're all called upon to recognize that our world will in fact end, and that we will be judged. And Jesus tells us very clearly that this judgment will in some way be connected to how we have reached out to those in need, especially the least of them. But we must realize that the least of them are often not found in our churches on Sundays. They're out there, in the places where we spend most of our time, most especially at work. And it's there that we must meet them and bring Christ to them. Whatever we do for the least of them, we do for Christ. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success, and I ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.